No, you can't be Lafayette. Lara. <laughs> or will I say Lafayette? Jim Appella Pretzel. Uh, <laughs> Bonjour, bienvenue à Bruno's Pod. Je m'appelle Travis. Je m'appelle Laura. Je m'appelle Andrew. Je m'appelle Courtney. C'est la semaine de la bière française. En l'honneur de 14 juillet, nous explorons la histoire de la bière française. Alors, asseyez-vous, détendez-vous et rejoignez-nous quand nous voyons que la France ne fait pas que du vin. Woohoo! Don't stop listening, it's not in French. That was. <laughs> Stuttered there on the end. You're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> uh, welcome right. to the Burn News Pod. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Burn News Pod. Uh, today is Bastille Day. <laughs> and we have someone new on the pod. Welcome, Courtney. Hello. My wife, Courtney. So, Andrew's wife, Laura, as you guys who are faithful listeners know by now, has been on many an episode. Courtney's making her first on mic appearance. Her yeah, wife's episode. <laughs> yes, and we're doing French beers this week. Yes, hence the French intro. Yes, otherwise it'd be very awkward. <laughs> Today, what else doing... would I have this outrageous accent? <laughs> Today we're doing nothing but Russian Imperial Stouts. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, so this is Bastille Day, which is July 14th this weekend, and uh, it's a big deal in France, so we thought we'd take the opportunity to highlight French beer and the history of beer in France so that you know that region is not just wine and cheese. But it is wine and cheese. It is mostly wine yeah, and cheese I mean, and baguettes. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm down, I'm down with all those things. And berets and cigarettes. Oh, I, I wore a beret in college for four years. Did you great. smoke a cigarette oh. and then put it out in your leftover crepe? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's leaving over crepes? That's the real question we have here. <laughs> you can never have too many crepes. And somehow he still got Laura to marry him. It's like, so really, really with thin the pancakes. <laughs> that was for it was for I, had, I, I didn't have to see it. <laughs> I was a tuba player. We, we don't work hard. He didn't wear it out on dates. No, because I he I, wanted to. That's because I rusted out the grommets on it. Oh, let's let's talk about beer. <laughs> so, uh, as we were saying, uh, July, uh, Bastille Day is the French national holiday, and it takes place on July 14th every year. This is also named after the band. Also, yes, it's also named after the British band that came to pass, <laughs> which over. is my favorite, for the record. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so yeah. we're talking about Bastille the band, uh, but not today. Okay. Um, <laughs> So they're, they're, it's named for two different events that occurred, both on July 14th. Uh, the first was the storming of the Bastille. So that was the beginning of the end for Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette. Ah, so um, let them eat their cake. Yes. They lost their heads, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. They were heads not... Roll. Yeah. Because they didn't have good French beer, they lost their heads. And they kind of starved the peasants into uh, revolting. They were some bad There's a lot, a lot of things going on. Uh, I said... Marie, the peasants were revolting. She said, I know, but don't tell them that. <laughs> and that happened in 1789. And then on July 14th, 1790, was the anniversary of French unity. Because they decided this holiday can't be all about bloodshed. Otherwise, that seems a little crazy. <laughs> uh. So the founder of the holiday combined both the storming of the Bastille and unification because they didn't want their national holiday to be rude and bloodshed, like Andrew said. And they formally called this holiday La Fête Nationale, a.k.a. the National Celebration. For those of you paying attention, Travis will be doing all the French for uh, this episode. <laughs> I can't promise that it will all be good. And I can't be... promise that that intro was 100% correct either. Uh, no, but I can guarantee you it's better than my version. 
Um, so one part of this celebration is actually the oldest and largest military, regular military parade in Europe. Um, so on this day, today, July 14th, you will get to see a French military parade, which is also why we had a military, is that where you're going, Laura? I was going to ask, were there tanks? Uh, I don't think they normally roll out tanks if they There's do. Typically on... white flags. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, and there goes our French listener. <laughs> the, the one. The singular one. Uh, but no, they, they do bring out the military, but it's not not quite crazy. They do have cavalry and things like that, like actual cavalry on horses. Um, and this is the, actually, because our president <clears throat> was at Bastille Day two years ago. That's when he decided he wanted to get his military dick on and have um, a, Bastille, a Bastille Day-like celebration for 4th of July. Yes. Fortunately for the for D.C., those tanks in D.C. were stationary <laughs> on July 4th this year. Yes. But hopefully we'll not, we will not. They also ready. shipped them all the way from Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> why? why? Because there's no closer tanks. <laughs> I know, but why are we even tanking D.C.? <laughs> Uh, I feel like this episode's tanking. Let's move on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go to our first beer. Uh, we are going to be starting with, actually, a beer that Laura and I had, uh, the Bomir uh, Brazier White IPA with Chinook and Citra. Yes, so if you remember correctly, Andrew and Laura were fresh off of their vacation to Germany and parts of France that used to be owned by Germany yes. and are now owned by France and then went back to Germany and now are owned by France again. <laughs> back to France! <laughs> History. So this is a 5.2% ABV white IPA, 55 IBUs. It's an IPA-focused brewery from Alsace, which is a historically contested region that also falls back and forth all the time between Germany and France, and therefore you find a lot of German grape varietals for wines in that region as well. Uh, this brewery is actually located in uh, Wettelsheim, uh, which Laura and I have been through. Unfortunately, the brewery was closed that day. Uh, we were, went through riding on bikes. It was very, it was very lovely. It was, it was very European. Very European. Yeah. <laughs> we were riding through the grapes, and they were like, oh, there's a brewery here. Oh, but they're closed. Keep pedaling. You didn't know they'd be closed? Well, we didn't know the brewery was there. Yeah, we didn't know the brewery was there. <laughs> Until after, at the hotel, we were like, yeah. we might through that town. <laughs> The hotel we stayed at had this beer, had the beers from this brewery on uh, as bottles. So we were like, "Oh, let's see where that brewery is," because it says it's Alsace, and it was literally a town we had been in. But they were clo- fortunately for us, they were closed the day we were in that town. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is between an IPA and a white beer. White IPA is a beer brewed with fifty percent barley malt and fifty percent white wheat malt. Uh, the hops are Chinook and Citra, which bring aromas of citrus fruits and tropical fruits. A bitterness and lingering notes of lemon and grapefruit. The finish is dry and refreshing. So the flavors you're supposed to pick up on this are going to be floral, lime, and slightly acidic. So it does smell really light. It mm-hmm. smells almost like wheat beer. Sweet. Yeah. This brewery was interesting because this was my favorite of their IPAs. We tried a bunch from them, um, but it had a, a very, very interesting funk to it. This does have grapefruit. The girls are making fun of the swirling cat method. <laughs> that is a lot of grapefruit. There is like a there is like a green, like a leafy green note on there. When mm-hmm. they say floral, like it's not a yeah, it's not like a vegetal green. It's like a I think a little bit of Belgian like funk. Yeah. What I get? It's like, it's like flowery. A basil to me. Yeah. Yes. That's a really good note, Wow. Good job, Wow. Thank you. The trap led me there with the like. It beef. is. It's a little like herby, <laughs> a little peppery smelling too, but it's like flower, mm-hmm. really flowery, like pungent yeah. smelling. I do like so that. So tasting. Tastes like that. rose. 
which not, is not the one you just had. <laughs> not close. So that I'll give them lemon. Mm-hmm. I don't get the lime as much. It's not as acidic as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but the lemon and grapefruit kind of stick around, but it's kind of like a waxy lemon peel kind of flavor. It's interesting to me. I get a little bit of like more of a farmhouse funk on this, and mm-hmm. the same was with all their beers. So Laura and I tried, what, five of beers from this brewery? Uh, and except for, I think they had an amber ale, but everything else was like American hops with like a, a French malt backbone and a French yeast, which gave like that more of that Belgian funk to it, which I thought was super interesting. It made it honestly very good beers. They had a beer tasting at a bottle shop we went to. Yeah. Mm. So they had like five or six of them. Yeah. But I enjoy their beers. And like I said, they, they have that American hop backbone, which mm-hmm. does make... For very interesting, makes it interesting because American, as we're going to talk about in a minute, spoilers, um, American craft beer had a lot to do with brews like this. Well, it's kind of like you see that, like when we did the Ireland episode, like mm-hmm. American craft beer kind of revitalized craft beer around the world and people started imitating it. But it is interesting that they didn't use any noble hops. Yeah, this is Chinook and Citra. You're right next door to Germany. You figure you should get some Tetanang or some... Hollertos. Yeah. Yeah. And none of that. None of that. No Mandarina. No. All right. Well, let's go and move on to different French beer styles. So there's actually quite a few. Uh, You guys should be familiar with some of them if you're fairly avid beer drinkers. So the first one is the Beer de Garde, which is beer for keeping. Uh, This is a strong pale ale. It was originally farmhouse ales brewed in the winter and spring to prevent summer yeast issues. Um, they're still mostly brewed in small batches by smaller breweries, and they're typically copper-colored and cellared for a while, similar to a Saison, and they're most times often top-fermented and unfiltered and must have at least three weeks of maturation. Yeah. Unfortunately, we will not be tasting any beer de guards tonight. Um, I, I have issue with a French episode where we don't have a single beer de guard, a single Saison, or a single... Uh, I had one more, and now I've lost it. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better... No table beer. All four of the beers we have are from France. It's just that none of them were uh, our French styles. <laughs> well, one of them is, but uh, the next style they commonly do is monastic brewing. Uh, this is common mostly in northern France, between France and Belgium. Um, it's typically Trappist beer, uh, but it's not nearly as common um, as their Belgian cousins. The so Belgian beer, Belgian Trappist beers are much more common than French Trappist beers. Belgian monks are more focused on brewing their own wine or wine making. Belgian monks. French monks. French monks. French monks were right. more focused on wine. Belgian monks, beer. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Did I get that mixed up? You did get that mixed ah. up. <laughs> that's about four beers deep already. Yeah, that's true. We were drinking before the episode started. Details. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, you have March beers, and this is like a German Marzen. So, Andrew, do you have any more on that other than the single note we have? No. <laughs> I mean, the French beer styles, French, France is not known for their styles. The fact that I was able to even pull like five or six beer styles that are common to France is amazing is ridiculous like you don't expect these like some of these are actually pretty unique like when we get uh, further down but the marzen march beer honestly it's very similar to a lager it's just a lager that's all it is just french lager french lager which we so it's do got have. an attitude we oui, we oui. <laughs> next common style they have is christmas beers these are strong ales that are brewed in october for december drinking and next up you have a wheat beer which is the french version of wheat beer unique when compared to other wheat origin beers Whiskey yes. beer is made with peat-smoked malt, and this was started in the 1980s and is generally brewed in the Alsace region as well. So Alsace is a region that's pretty much renowned for their wine, but it appears that they have 
quite a few beers as well. When we get when we get down there, uh, like the German, the uh, French beer regions, Alsace is one of, if not the top. Uh, beer region in Germany. Where am I talking about? In France. Um, and some of that is due to their German influence. Um, but yeah, I we were there. We did not see any whiskey beer. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sort of sad about that. Uh, and Lau, you want to handle the last one? Nope. <laughs> the Beer de Dumont. Wait, Beer, beer du Dimon. Beer du Dimon. Yeah, you got that one. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's It's Demon. Demon. <laughs> the Beer of the Demon. That's all I know. Yeah, pretty much. Demon beer. It's a 12% alcohol blonde beer. It's advertised as the strongest blonde beer in all the world. <laughs> I would imagine so, probably, because most blonde ales are like, what, 5%? Yeah, I mean... In that range? Yeah, you already had one of mine tonight. It was five and a quarter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So. Except for when I made that triple, and that was... Not well, that was a golden strong ale. It was not supposed to be. <laughs> no, it was supposed to be a Belgian single. But yeah, the, the beer of the demon... It's 12% alcohol blonde beer, um, but after that, we're out of French beer styles. They don't have a lot. Well, if we're out of it, then we might as well keep drinking. Yes. So our next beer is the Matin Le Schwartz Beer Noir. This is a stout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's 5.8% alcohol. It was the 2015 bronze. One 2015. Uh, it won bronze at the 2015 Dublin Craft Beer <laughs> Cup and gold at the 2014 uh, Concours General Agricola. In Paris. Hmm. This is a sweet and tasty beer where dominant aromas of very roasty malt should play in, and it's made with Alsatian hops. Yeah, so another beer that's inspired, if not outright made, in Alsace. And this was one I, we bought at a bottle, like a random bottle shop in uh, Colmar. Or just sort of on a, on a whim. It's a little smoky on the nose, a little mm -hmm. peaty. It's very roasty. Mm -hmm. Just a little chocolate and a little coffee. But I'll be interested to see if that's like a green coffee note. Hmm. That's pretty acidic coffee. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the nose gives it more pop to it. And it, gives, it makes me think it's gonna be bigger and bolder, but like it's very light on my palate. Very Yeah, it's watery. fairly it's fairly thin and decently carbonated for a beer like that. Like I was expecting that to be a lot thicker mm -hmm. than it was. Because the head's sticking around too. It's thicker, kind of like you would expect a stout to be. But you don't get the, I don't get that huge roastiness on the mouth that you do in the nose. Like yeah. it smells like a big beer. It smells a lot bigger than 5.8, but it drinks like a 5.8% beer. Yeah. It, it drinks more like Guinness, but it smells more like an American style stout. Mm -hmm. It smells like Guinness on steroids. Like the, It's a little similar to the foreign extra stout. I was going to say the, the, the foreign extra, foreign extra or whatever that one was. Mm -hmm. Cause you could get like some dark fruit notes out of that like fig or like currant or something like that it's not quite as mm -hmm. prominent as that extra stout i think because of the the watery back end that's where i'm getting some more of that fruit back end notes just because mm -hmm. it, it cleans more like a fruit less like mm -hmm. a beer it doesn't stick around very long at all no like it washes i think it's carbonated enough is this yeah if you put this on like nitro it'd be like nothing yeah it'd just be smooth it'd be guinness yeah well french guinness yeah, French. I mean, essentially, that's almost what this yeah. is. Yeah. Do you like it, Laura? It's okay. It's very like one-dimensional. It's all right. Like to me, it just tastes like coffee. Yeah. It doesn't have a whole lot more. What did you think? I actually thought it was pretty good, but you know, I'm not a stout drinker, so this is probably like an easy. You're more of a wheat beer drinker. Yeah. <laughs> so the first. I'm a very one was white beer. girl beer drinker. <laughs> it's just like thinner than I thought it was gonna be. So let's jump into. Onward. The, let's jump in. Okay. <laughs> 
Jumping into the uh, the beer regions. So uh, we know about the wine regions in France. There's what I think seven or eight distinct wine regions um, in France, but they also have three distinct beer regions. Uh, you, Travis, you want to handle the first, <laughs> first one? The first one is Lille and Nord Pas de Calais. So Nord is going to be North, Pas is not. So North. Probably northeast Not, France, if I was going to guess. Yeah, something like that's, that. Okay. Because that's the note you have underneath it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's located in northeast France, nice. and it shares many characteristics with Belgium brewing, often called the French Flanders, and its most common style is the beer de garde. Uh, the next uh, beer region is Breton and Celtic Brewing. Um, so this is in the Brittany wine region. Um, these Brittany beers are very similar to English-style beers. So the stout we just had would be most likely similar to that. Um, this Porter's Ales and Stinglish stand, Standard English Styles are the most common in this particular region of France. And then thirdly, you have the Alsace-Lorraine, uh, primary beer producing region in France. It's home to Cronenberg, which is the third largest brewery in all of Europe, and we'll be having one of their beers here shortly. Uh, it is actually, it is a part of the Carlsberg Group, making them part of the second largest brewer in the world. Uh, in Europe. In Europe. So there, Cronenberg, um, when we were there, uh, we actually, Laura and I actually were able to see the Cronenberg Brewery. It's a big facility, uh, but our guide was saying, oh yeah, it's the third largest brewery in all, in all of Europe. And then I did some research. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Cronenberg's owned by somebody. I thought it was Heineken. It's actually Carlsberg. Yeah. Uh, well, so. Carlsberg is kind of like, what? It's almost like Heineken. It's one it's step very down, similar. Yeah. yeah, it's it, very it, did similar. Did we see Carlsberg a lot in Ireland? Yeah, we did. That's what I actually had at Carlsberg. And then they sell some Carlsberg. You can find it. Uh, they have a stronger version called Carlsberg Elephant. Ooh, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. It's like a strong pale ale yeah. or something like that. Uh, and historically, Alsace, as we mentioned before, has changed hand with Germany multiple times. Uh, they typically brew Pilsner-type ales. Uh, craft brewing has also begun to be a thing in this region, and we will have some Alsace. We've already had Alsace. We did. Um, that I, first beer was from Alsace. Do we yes. have any more Alsace? Uh, the last beer we're drinking tonight is also from Alsace. <laughs> Actually, the next two beers, are from, because the next one we got is from is Cronenberg. So, yeah. And because this is a large wine-producing region, many of the same climatic... Climatic? Climatic effects. Climactic. Brewing <laughs> <laughs> elements that make it for good wine is also make it good for growing hops. Yep. Now, this region is known for its white wines. They are allowed to grow, in France, each wine region is allowed to grow certain grapes. In the Alsace region, they are allowed to grow precisely one red grape. So everything else they grow is white wines. Um, so it's white grapes, and this also works really well for their hops, for some reason. It's the same, yeah. same climatic stuff. I think when we took that one wine class, uh, Alsace was known for, like, rosés, uh, Rieslings, Champagne, maybe not Champagne. Not Champagne, not Champagne. Uh, ba, 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 what's the other one? Riesling, no, the Cremant, yeah, uh, they're known for Gravestaminer, uh, Riesling Pinot Gris. What else do they have? They're a lot, what, Pinot Noir? It wouldn't be Sauvignon Blanc. No, would it? they're not allowed to grow Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir. Sylvaner. There was an E1 they're allowed to grow too. An E grape? Yeah, it was an E grape. I don't Ooh. remember. Mm hmm. Riesling is their biggest one, though. Oh, that, yeah. That's that's like eighty percent of the production. Yeah. So the history of French beer, um, like most places, especially in Europe, um, home brewing was how beer was started. That's how people were brewing beer. Um, industrialization actually led to this change, uh, where folks uh, lived and changed where they lived, but also farmhouse brewing stopped being the dominant brewing in the early twentieth century in France. So they made it all the way to the nineteen hundreds before home brewing stopped. Before all homebrewers stopped using their own coal ships. Yeah. 
Oh, no, that, and open fermenting everything in their barns. Cool ship, that, that's uh, Belgium. Mm. Cool ships in Belgium. But uh, in Britain, we saw that, that shift happen about 50 years earlier uh, with uh, most brewing moving into pubs proper. Um, brewing in Fran- France was severely stunted due to both World War I and World War II as brewing equipment was often turned into ammunition and breweries were destroyed. Shockingly, France was uh, sort of... Occupied? De- destroyed? Decimated? Decimated. Occupied. Occupied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Pre-World War One, there were 2,987 breweries in France. Holy they shot. Great numbers. That is a lot of breweries. So that's pre-World War One. After World War One, there were 919 breweries. So they went down, what's that, a third? Yep. Yeah, yeah. 2000. By 1976, they were down to 23 breweries. In all of France. In all of France. So they had a, Does that sound really familiar? It does sound extremely familiar. And they didn't have prohibition. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but so the first, so they have 23 breweries by 1976. Um, they started craft brewing beer in uh, 1986. That's pretty early. It is. Like that's the days of Sierra Nevada and mm-hmm. those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, so they fir- the first three, three craft breweries were opened in 1986. Um, and, and in 1985, though, 1995, sorry, they hadn't really grown too much. 15 new breweries opened in 1995, starting annually, starting in 1995. That's when they started growing. And then by 2010, there were 50 breweries opening per year. By 2016, 100 breweries per year. And by 2018, a new brewery a day. Yep. Interesting. And then today, there's nearly 1,600 breweries in France. And all of France. All that of is France. a lot of microbreweries, how, I'm assuming. Yeah, how does that relate to the U.S.? We have over 7,000. How many per day, though? Like, how quick are we moving now? We're sort of on the slowdown portion of our peak. Is France still, like, They're still off? taking off, yeah. Huh. They're, they're nowhere close to their peak. I mean, you got to imagine, like, that many are opening, but how many I would be interested to know are closing mm-hmm. every year as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the articles I was reading were more optimistic. <laughs> the research I did for this was much more optimistic about the French beer scene. But I think we should uh, hop in the Wayback Machine and stop talking about the fe- future and start talking about the past with our next beer. Let's do it. Our next beer tonight is the Cronenberg 1664 Lager. This is a 5.5% ABV lager. Cronenberg, as we mentioned, is already is a member of the Carlsberg Group, the largest brewery in France. 1664 is the name of the Hot family, which are the founders, uh, when they began brewing. This uses the Strisselsplot Hop. Never heard of it. Mm-mm. And Andrew has photos from a distance of the brewery in Obernai. Yes, we were able to get a few photos. Of that of that brewery, um, now this is a German-inspired lager. So it's from, it's a same supposedly the same recipe from 1664. Uh, it's a standard German lager, what wow. we would expect, and it is skunked. Um, yeah, it smells like mm. weed. Yeah, it really does. But also a little honey note. There is a little bit of sweetness in there. But yeah, for some reason this. Woo. I mean, I know why this beer is skunked. It's in a green bottle. It's been stored uh, at a total wine for I don't know how long. In the sunlight. Yeah. This was the only beer I was able to find at total wine from France for this entire Who? What do you think, Courtney? I don't like it. I thought the smell was bad, but the taste I'm not digging at all. Wow. Wow, that's bad. 
<laughs> That's a lot of honey note. You think mm-hmm. this is right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Is this right? Is this what they're you know, for? Most, do they miss well, I mean, like most breweries that do green bottles. So it's funny that they do a green bottle because Carlsberg does green bottles, just like Heineken does green bottles oh. and Yingling, which tends to skunk your beer. And you have to think that they do it on purpose. Heineken does do it on purpose. Well, green is a traditional bottle color, right? I think so, yeah. But Heineken also does it because the the U.S. market prefers Heineken skunked than non-skunked is what I've heard at least. I've never had unskunked Heineken, but I would be interested to try it in Europe. It exists? In Europe, yeah. Yeah, If If we go to Amsterdam, we could have gone to the brewery. Or if you get it... In a keg, it's got to be different than the bottle. Not if they're skunking it in purpose, on purpose for U.S. distribution. They can you, you like even it? skunk it before you put it in the keg? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, why would you not? You just do it in a, a clear fermenter or something like that. You can skunk it. True. Honestly, you just need a little bit of cat piss to get that skunk flavor. Yeah. Yeah, this is a lot of honey, a little skunky. Actually, it's mostly like sweet. It's mm-hmm. very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... That's a hard pass for me. I don't know what the Strissel Spot hop is doing, but I not much. don't. Yeah, not much. It's either not doing anything or it's doing a lot of wrong stuff. Yeah. <laughs> think like a traditional. Uh, honestly, a good way to think about this is like think a, a traditional German lager. That's just not good. Yeah, like an imitation. <laughs> now go back to my rosé. Yeah, Courtney's back on the rosé. <laughs> yeah, that was honestly not very good. <laughs> that was awful. We well, subjected her to that. That that was the only non-craft beer we had, and I'm not shocked. <laughs> Yeah, and it didn't impress. So let's move on to the French craft beer movement. Mm. So since 2014, beer consumption has increased annually in France. While France is known for and still consumes their wine, consumption has been falling while beer has been on the rise. The craft beer movement lagged behind the U.S., but craft breweries have doubled since 2015. Many of them follow more of the U.S. style of not being constrained by the Ryan Hotzkabut. Yes! Finally got it right, Travis. (laughs) So, speaking of wine, Ryan Hotzkabut, yep. I was listening to Pandora today, and oh. a commercial for Sam Adams came on, oh. and he said, I've got one word for you, Ryan Hotzkabut. <laughs> and he talks about how... This is Jim Sam, yeah, yeah, talking about... He's like implying that Sam Adams follows Ryan Hotzkabut in their brewing process. I'm like, he's like, people put artificial flavors and adjuncts in their beer, and that's just not beer. I'm like... You make a ton of adjunct beers. You have a cherry wheat beer. You yeah. literally have a cherry wheat beer. You have a shitload of adjunct beers at Boston Beer Company. Like Sam Adams might not be an adjunct beer and may technically... No, they do though. Sam Adams has them. Um, but yeah. Boston Lager could be but Ryan Hotzkaboot. I, I bet uh, Boston Lager is Ryan Hotzkaboot. But the way he implies it is like, yeah, we make Ryan Hotzkaboot beer. I'm like, I could go buy a 12-pack of your beer. And probably only the Boston Lager would be Ryan Hotzkabut. But now, if you notice their new tagline, sorry, this is off in the weeds, but their new <laughs> tagline also infuriated me. It says, brewing inefficiently since 1984, or whenever they were founded. I can't remember. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, if you're, bre- well, they are, they do brew lagers, and that is a wildly inefficient method. Yeah. So, but whatever. But whatever. they're doing it the right way, Andrew. Oh, speaking of the Reinhardtskabut, mm-hmm. um, so wine is essentially the Reinhardtskabut in France. It is heavily regulated, not just in the regions that you can grow different grapes, but also how it has to be done. It has to be named. Uh, champagne in France, for example, can only come from the Champagne region. If you have a sparkling wine elsewhere, it's called something else. Um, 
but beer is not regulated because there is no Reinhardtskabuch. There is no beer regulation in um, France. Um, so the freedom for craft beer is limitless, really. It's more like the U.S. It's more of a wild, wild U.S. Wild, wild U.S.? <laughs> <laughs> the one lament there is that there is not a unique French, quote-unquote, French way to brew, unlike in Belgium and in Germany. Uh, France does, though, have their own French Brewers Association. And as France is known for its gastronomy, folks wanted new flavors in their beer as well. So prior to the craft beer movement, German-style lagers were the only option for beer drinkers. Right. And since then, though, craft beer has taken off. And you know what is their favorite style? Oh, let me guess. Uh, West Coast IPAs. You know it, baby! So, Love that dank pine resin. Mm, give me that pine. Um, but IPAs are a widely forgiving style, especially the way the Americans make uh, We, as Americans, make them. Um, they're, you can do a lot with the hops. You can change the hops. It doesn't really matter. You're not following anything. That first beer we had was Chinook, just Chinook and Citra hops. And then the last beer we're going to have is a completely different American-style IPA. Um, but they also enjoy their Imperial Stouts, their wood-aged beers, and... But by and large, IPAs are their largest beer that they consume. However, some brewers call anything that ferments an IPA, so be wary of that. Yeah, because IPAs have such a broad flavor profile, uh, a lot of the breweries uh, are, have been less than, um, how you say, uh, above board? Truthful. Truthful, yes. Truthful is a better word. There you go. Yeah. And with their love of IPAs, let's go on and move to our last beer of the evening, which is... You would guess it, an IPA. Our last beer of the evening is the Bissakwe Kefir Beer IPA. Did you do that well? Can you do I that have again, no... Bissagu? Bissagu! B-I-S-A-I-G-U-E. Bissagu... I don't know, I feel like I'm putting like an Asian flair on it. But this is from Alsace. <laughs> yeah, let's say Kefir Beer IPA. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Andrew? Five, oh, sure. 5.7% alcohol is made in Kaiserberg from Alsace Hops. This is a high fermentation IPA, powerful and robust. Reveals notes of exotic fruits and spices. It is made from a blend of barley, malt, and several hops. Bitter and aromatic, which give it the nuanced and elegant balance. This uh, We found, um, somehow, when I was looking this up, they mentioned Gewürztraminer on their website about this beer, which is weird. So, Gewürztraminer is in the beer. I don't think it is. I don't Maybe? know. Maybe? Well, because we have like the mixed media from Dogfish Head, so we're, we're, we oh, sort yeah. of know what to look for with grape tones in a, in a beer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that you can have a lot of wine notes in beer. Yeah. Uh, the brewery was founded in 2018 by Thibault Seal. So this is the most recent brewery that we're profiling, uh, we're having of tonight. Uh, and just as a... I don't know, that's a little grapey. Maybe they do put Gewurz in there. That smells mm-hmm. a little bit like grape juice. Oh, is that yours? Did you get the dregs in the bottom? Oh, she got the last of it. You uh, got the... Uh, you got the floaties. Yeah, it's swirling. It's not going to make that go away. That's actually probably <laughs> bad for okay. it. <laughs> Can I have a sip of Yeah. <laughs> hers is a little cloudy. Mine's a little clearer. She got the flocculates. Hmm. That tastes like a, just a, a good American-style IPA. It's got like a slightly Walter's grape juice note. Like it's a little sweet. On the nose? Yeah. Okay. It's not as hoppy as I would expect for an IPA. Nothing ever is. <laughs> <laughs> when you do when you do overseas like foreign even in Canada when we've been to Canada it's like 
Oh, don't you know, this is going to be a any, real, real hobby, eh? Yeah, <laughs> you're going to turn into a rabbit when you're done with this one, eh? <laughs> Anytime they label something as like an American IPA, it just tastes like a ton of orange. Yeah. Like, people do not know, like, they like, oh, this is so hoppy and hot for it. And for, like, French beer, this probably is extremely hoppy. Mm, true. And then, like, in Ireland, like, some of that stuff is fairly hoppy for them. But it's, like, it's just a regular, it would be a pale ale in America. Yeah. I laughed some. I was in England. They're like, "Oh, you need to watch out, mate. This is gonna be really hoppy." I'm like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> like, I'm, mm. I'm American, man. This, this ain't hoppy. This is malty as shit. Back off, huh. damn. But yeah, is th- this episode explicit? They usually are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're gonna have to give me a English strong bitter out of your engine. <laughs> no, uh, that's actually pretty good, though. Yeah. There is a slight. Bitter note, it is a little aromatic, but yeah, I'm getting that like little bit of wine grape. I'd be interested to know if they used the whole grapes or if they just use like grape skins. I'm definitely getting more grape on the back end. Like the more I drink it, the more it lingers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, that was interesting. It is. It's fairly well carbonated though as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know because Corey's glass has all those. All the sediment? Yeah, all that sediment in it. So maybe they do. Because, like, if you look at hers, it's, like, cloudy like apple juice, and ours was, like, crystal clear. Uh, no, mine's pretty cloudy. It's not filtered. Yeah. Mine's... I mean, uh, according to the... Uh, Can I the first four? As far as the, the U.S. government's concerned, this beer was purchased legally in the U.S. Yes. <laughs> to our little FBI guy who listens to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> our FBI guy who's assigned to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you so much, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for listening. We know you're listening, Steve. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) Well, that pretty much wraps it up for the history of French beer. It's not a big history, but... It's It's growing. It is growing. Yeah. It's like uh, we noticed in the Ireland episode. It's Mm -hmm. on the uptrend. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'd love to see some more French craft beer come to America, but honestly, the breweries are so small, I don't see them distributing this far anytime soon. Yeah. I imagine it's mostly just microbreweries that like distribute in the town or not at all. They're just like... Mm -hmm the brewery in their town yeah and it's like you got the one all right what was everyone's favorite beer tonight not the cronenberg not the cronenberg (laughs) we can all agree it was not the cronenberg (laughs) yeah um not the skunkberg not the skunk so anyone stout no no i'm that's second i think honestly mine's gonna be the ipa we just had the last one yeah mine was the first one the white ipa um uh also on the first one i guess i would go the white ipa and then some combination of the the last ipa and the stout uh but the cronenberg's absolutely the last yeah the cronenberg's like not even an honorable mention that was like (laughs) that was terrible we we forgot it was here we only had three beers So we thank you guys for listening. And as always, we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode and learned a little bit about French beer and the history of French beer. Uh, We thank you for your continued support and your listening, and we will see you guys next week. Au revoir. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's Brew News. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating in whichever app you found us on. We value your feedback, and it also helps the show reach more listeners. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future breweries or with a brewery and would like to join us, feel free to tweet or follow us on Twitter at brew underscore news. We're on Instagram at brewnewspod, and you can visit our website, brewnewspod.com, where we will post links, photos, and tasting notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more exciting brew news. Cheers. Cheers.
Have you ever wondered how you could join the Brew News crew? We'll swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod and you can join us. We have three different tiers for all of our patrons. At the logger level, you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes. At the IPA level, you get early access to our podcast episodes, but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew. And you get special video presentations, including our Beer Miss Special. At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod and join the crew.